Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time! With Bruce Buffer. And now... It's time for the voice of mixed martial arts. We are it's Bruce Buffer. Bruce Buffer. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Paris, France, the city of love, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is this time radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but maybe afraid to voice, do not worry, because we will voice it for you. We talk about everything on its time. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, UFC, entertainment, politics, film, TV. And today we're going to be talking about none other than the contender, the man who's back, the man who's here, the most handsome man in the UFC, who just fought the other most handsome man in the UFC, the War of the Adonises, won by none other than the Eraser, Paulo Costa. Paulo, how are you, my friend? How are you? My big friend, I'm amazing. Uh, how are you? Thank you for asking. I'm uh, very, very good. I see you're there with your coach, Captain Aris, Aris or Captain, whatever we're going to call. You're a hell of a coach, by the way, Captain, because you'll drive up in a Rolls Royce, get out and start training people. I don't know any other trainer of MMA fighters that uh, has the uh, pizzazz and the prestige that you bring forth all the time. It's very enjoyable to watch, my friend. Very enjoyable. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Paulo, yeah. two losses. You come off a big win against Romero. Then you come off the two you know, losses, which I know affected you as it would anybody. And you come back with a battle of the of battles against Luke Rockholder. Let's give Luke a lot of credit, man. He was in there, hanging in there strong and tough. Um the first couple rounds, you know, the kicks you were taking, everything was happening. At any point in the fight, especially during the first and second round, I wasn't in tune with what your corner was telling you. But did you feel you were ahead, behind? Did you feel like you needed that direction from your corner? Or did you know exactly what you were doing the whole time, Paulo? No, I, I, I got a lot of direction from my corner. My corner was amazing, giving me um, the best instruction all the time. And uh, as you well said, we need to do uh, some some credit to Luke Hockhold. Uh I mean, I, I, I need to, to give to him uh, a lot of credit. You know, he came he came prepared for a war. Yep. Uh, I think this long time out of the of the cage make very 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 good to him. I think he called uh took a good very good shot very hard shot on his head and uh, his boy as well and he still there fighting you know uh put putting a lot uh desire to fight you know he came with a big heart and he he stayed there man i i really appreciate that because it was a very very tough war to me. Yep. Uh, and he did very well. Me too, as well, of course. No, of course, Paulo. You came out with the W. You came out with the win. In those first couple rounds, he was uh, throwing a lot of kicks at you. A lot of yeah. front kicks. A lot of roundhouse kicks. A lot of those kicks could be heard through the entire arena, as well as your kicks on him and your punches. At any time, did any of those kicks could look like Rockhold was very well affected by you in the first round. It also seemed that due to the altitude, and uh, TJ, step in if you think, and also you two, Iris, that he started to gas because of the altitude. I thought watching the second round that you had broken his nose in the first round because he was breathing out of his mouth. 
And he was doing something very dangerous, I think, as a fighter, at least when I used to bang, I would never do, is roll your mouthpiece around in your mouth, right? That tells me two things. A, he's gassing. B, I know it's a habit of his, but it also tells me that his mouthpiece is not properly fitted for his mouth because that should be tight up there, protecting you. And when you pop a guy like that, if that's in the wrong position, you're going to break his jaw, right? Found that to be very dangerous. When you saw that as a fighter, not that you want to hurt the other man, I know you, you're a nice man, yeah. Paul, but yeah. when it's time to fight, the shark eyes come in and you have to do what you have to do. But when you see a man doing that, if I saw that, I'm going at him, right? Did you get that you feeling perfect. a little bit? Did that occur to you? Yeah, you are perfect. You are very right. I think the same way, same way is so dangerous when, as you say, when the guy put the mouthpiece out of, you know, on the right place is so dangerous, so yes. dangerous. And, oh, sorry, somebody's knocking the door. That's okay. But because this is a hot, we, we are on the hot here on Las Vegas, sorry, guys. Um, yeah. So, uh, sorry, I, I was a little bit. No, take your time, take your time. Well, let's actually go back and talk a little bit about the, yeah. the fight, Paulo, because this was a fight where, I mean, Luke is a phenomenal fighter, and what you did to him uh, is, a, is a big statement on where you rank in the, in the, the middleweight ranks here. Um, were you surprised that he was not going away, though? Because it, it seemed like there was blood in the water, but, but his heart was so big, he was hard to finish. Yeah, he was very hard to finish. I could not finish the fight, you know, the... Sorry, guys. Sorry, uh, Mr. Bruce. Uh, Mr. Bruce, uh, your question about the, the his his kicks. I I, I remember now what, what you you. Go ahead. Oh, no worries. Yeah, he kicked very well. Everybody knows that. I trained. I was prepared for that. I was uh, worried about his left kicks with his left uh, left uh, legs. He kicked very quickly, fast, and powerful. But when I, I got when I, his his first kick, and I broke I broke with my arm and he kicked on my elbow. I didn't feel pain, so I I relaxed a little bit. So I say, okay, come on, you can kick out one more time. And he kicked twice and he kicked it four times, you know, straight one, two, three, four times. And of course, it's not good to get some hard kicks like that, like he has. But I, I didn't feel a lot of pain and didn't hit my my ribs or, or my liver. So I I I felt well. So did not affect me too much. But the fact is, on Salt Lake City, we has altitude, and altitude affect everybody are the same form, I think, you know. But the problem to to that fight in Luke Hockhold case is because I put him down on the very beginner. So you need to handle if a half guy inside you, uh, not above you, on the very first round, you know, and uh, you need to get out. But the guy in the case was me, push his ribs and and his liver so hard that I, I did make the everything worse. And as you say, Bruce Buffer, uh, I broke his nose on the beginner. So mm -hmm. he started to bleed a lot and cover his mouth. That's why I think he put the mouth mouthpiece a little yeah. bit to try breathe more more air inside. Right. So, so that was the worst condition for for a guy on altitude. A lot read, your nose broken, maybe he could not breathe by nose just for mouth and the you know and outboot yeah. side. So and he was under me. So <laughs> man, I need to give a lot of credit because I I thought he was uh, give up on the on the first round because I was punched so hard. He was so tired, but he came on the second one, and I tried to finish the fight. I called him and I say I, I thought, okay, I am uh, winner this fight for the first and second. I will try finish on the third round. He was so tired, but 
every time that I close the fight, I, I, I try to go inside, you know, um, uh, make the distance over. He throws some very dangerous punch and kicks. So sometimes he got me and I say, okay, this guy's still dangerous, you know, so I need to be a little bit conservative. Conservative, conservative. Yeah. Hey, but like, uh, a Wolverine, like a Wolverine in the corner, a guy like Luke Rockhold as well as yourself is always going to be dangerous. And in the final you know, seconds of that fight, I don't know what his motivation was. And Eric, you saw this too. I when, know. You know what I'm going to say? When he was rubbing all his blood all over your face, it was almost like he was giving you kisses at the end of the fight with his face i've never ever tj have you ever seen that i've never seen that no it's no. like it was just purposeful and i don't know whether it was his last reaction to like hey you know this has been a war and so here feel the war you know whatever his motivation was but it was interesting to say the least how did you feel about that at that moment when he's just rubbing his blood on your face paulo yeah was a weird moment uh in fact when i was fighting there I didn't see exactly what what's going on. I just felt something on my face, Bruce. Yeah. Uh, but I was worried on broke broke uh, and bro block his hands and elbows to not hit me. <clears throat> I was just feeling on that, you know. I I cannot let him uh, hit me with elbows and punch because right. he's a right now, but. Uh, after the fight, of course, I I saw this scene a couple times, and uh, I'm I have a feeling maybe he was a little bit frustrated, maybe he was a little bit angry, sad, you know, because he knows he was lost that that fight, and. Uh, he was motivated to that fight, to fight me, because he really believed if he could beat me, he will, he would get a chance to fight for, for tire shots. So that's why he put a lot of effort, muito empenho, muito força, muito trabalho. He worked hard for that. He worked very hard for he for he worked hard for that, uh, Paulo, because, you know, obviously this fight to Luke meant either make or break. In other words, if he won the fight, he was going to go forward. If he lost the fight, it was probably on his mind that he was going to retire even more so when he realized how he was gassing and the way he looked during the fight, which I'm not criticizing him for because he's fighting the best of the best. You're fighting the best of the best. And you're fighting at a very high altitude. Always a very uh, uh, yeah. compelling, dangerous, and difficult thing to do. Hey, so real, he real had quick, a Bruce, on that tip. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're talking about the no, altitude. No, I, I want to get in on it before we move too far past it. I mean, obviously, yeah. the, the altitude goes both ways. Uh, but I, I'm curious, Paulo, had this fight taken place at sea level, would it have looked much different? Do, do you feel like you could have gotten a stoppage ha had it been not at altitude? Yeah, I, I felt I would be heavy. I you know, I, I felt that you'd be uh, tired after the after the first round more than common. You know, most than most than the normally I could feel. Uh, so I think if this fight uh, happened on the sea level, sea level, the fight would be more active. You know, more Sorry. action. Yeah, for both parts, not not only me, but uh, look how how do we be more active as well? You know, move move a little bit more. You know, attack a little bit more because when you feel okay, my my gas is not normally, I cannot you know try too much because I don't know. Maybe I try and I could not finish. So guess what? I will be on gas tank out. You know. Uh, empty, right? So, yeah, but uh, if you if you could guys put the, the scene that he, he tried to put his blood on, on my face and something like that, I'd like to make some addiction here. 
maybe is a little poetic scene, you know, like uh, I, 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 I can see on, on this uh, point of view, like an old lion, you know, pass for the, the, the young lion, okay, it's your time. Right. <laughs> it, it's the, no, it's the time, it's the time for you, it's the, it's the old lion time to go retire. It's a passing yeah. of the guard, if you will, passing of the it's torch. It's passing of the guard, yeah. that's what we call it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly was, called, called passing of the guard. I can tell you that the crowd loved it. When they started doing that last 10 seconds, the crowd erupted when he started doing it, and it was either, uh, you know, it could have been like, I got to make him look bad for the best-looking fighter award. <laughs> Let me yeah. put something on his face. Or, you know, just going out with, with a bang, being a little frustrated and be like, I'm going to put this blood on your face. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, I, as, as that, the saying goes, Eric, it made for good TV. Let's put it that way. <laughs> if it bleeds, it reads. Yep. Good yep. one. There you go. Totally. Paulo, um, it was very nice to talk to uh, your lady, Tamara, who's your manager now, she right? Did. Is the beautiful Tamara there with you? Hello, Bruce. Hi, Tamara. <laughs> bon dia, bon dia. Bon dia. Tudo bem? Tudo ótimo. Fantastic. Brigado, brigado. Loves you, Bruce. Uh, well, I, I love the way you two are. I mean, the beautiful couple you are together 10 years, right? 10 years. And uh, now that she's working with you in management, it's, it's a match made in heaven. I love it. Um, many people would have difficulty working with their girlfriends or their wives in a management capacity. So if it's going smooth, which it appears to be very, very smooth, more power to you. I think it's amazing. And it's a, it's a definite compliment on your relationship with the woman you love, who you once told me that you would propose to, but not until you're the champion, right? I think you said you wanted to fight for the championship and that would be the time to make the proposal. So can't wait to get a one knee in the octagon after having the belt wrapped around you, Paolo. That could be like one of the most amazing things in the world. Yeah, I'll hold your ring for you. I'll hand it to you after I announce you. I'll give you the ring to give to your girl. You are a great vision. Icon and let's see if I have if I have this opportunity it will be amazing. Tamara deserved. I love her. She is amazing. She helped me a lot. I yes, need to, I need to give the credit for her because she helped me a lot. And sometimes she she don't um, show up, but she's still there working. Yeah. Always there in spirit, Paulo. Always there in spirit. Somebody else now that I know is always there in spirit for you is my beautiful little mama, uh, Connie, who sent you hey, sent you that video. TJ, it's so cute. I know you have the video and you're going to show it. But uh, Mama Buffer and her Paulo Costa t-shirt, sending him a, a video before he fights. I didn't even ask her to do that, Paulo. She sent that to me to send to you. And then you so wonderfully after the fight, we meet after the fight, and you send the beautiful video to her. My mom's 94, Paulo. You light up her life. Thank you so much for being the good man that you are. It's it's very, very special to hey, me and extremely special to her. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce. This is the first sort of fighter that she's ever been a fan like this of, right? Like all, all the years you've been in the octagon, Paulo Costa is the first person that she's like actually fanned out for. Absolutely true. And um, there's only one other person uh, that she showed an admiration for is Herb Dean. And when her dean came over, he went down to visit her at her house, right? So she's always asking. He he talks to her. And Paulo uh, was over at my house for some business and and personal like enjoyment one day, and and we took a drive down to little mama's house and just lit up her life. So thank you, Paulo, for bringing that kind of love and joy into my beautiful mom's uh, life, and vice versa. You don't need to say thank you. This uh, all truly is. Um, um, feelings because uh, I, I got I got really emotional when I talk about this because senior people like your mom your mom nine four years old and the kids are so uh verdadeiros we fall the pessoas são tão verdadeiras crianças and seniors true they are so true they not uh, show fake emotion you know right. so when she loves you, genuine. It's genuine. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Genuine, when, genuine. 
when these people like you, they really like you. When they don't like you, they, they don't need to 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 show uh, a fake, uh, you yeah. know, right? Yeah, feelings. They they are true. So that's uh, that's why this taught my my heart so so deep. Uh, I got emotional. <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful, Paulo. Thank you. No, it's beautiful. I'm the same I, way, Paulo. I, I, I like Bruce. Uh, I, I will, when I, I go to California and Versailles, I will let you know because I, I'd like to see her again. I would love that. Absolutely. We'll go out to lunch and we'll go visit her or maybe we'll take her out to lunch. That's today, Paulo. You got it. No See, this, question. This is what I love about mixed martial arts, guys, is like who does this in any other sport? No one's really doing this. The, the athletes at the yeah. UFC are, are you know, uh, on a different sort of pedestal. But also, Paulo, you talk about the, the true emotion. That's what we want as fight fans. We just want real, authentic people. And uh, the fact that you're able to talk like this, I think that uh, lends your personality to just average everyday people. And I think it's appreciated by, by many. Yeah, man. Um, I, I, you know, we we are humans, just humans. Uh, on the, on my, on my humble vision, the most tough sports on the world. Uh, but you are still human, human, you know. And you have a, a feelings, and I, I think the feelings, like a love, is not a weak point on us. I think this can be a very strong point. If you use this on the right way to give you more energy, to give you more desire, because when I when I fight on the cage, I don't fight just to myself. I fight for a lot of people that I love, for my family, for my fans, for the Bruce both mom, because these people really lo love you, you know. And uh, when when he showed me. His picture with my, with the shirt with my face, man, was was amazing to me. This this makes sense on the end, you know. Thank you, Paulo. Thank you for being the man that you are. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Paulo. Um, you know, we go from a moment like that. I want to think about your future. Uh, your right hand has a cast on it. You showed it to me. Okay, what's the diagnosis on your hand? What's your what's your suspension? Oh, yeah. Are you suspended and why and, and how long? Yes, Bruce. Uh, I'm here in Vegas just to visit visit the doctor, uh, Dr. D from UFC. You know him. Oh, Dr. Jeff, yeah. Jeff. He's amazing and he's care very well about me, about my hand. And not this injury only, but when I got injury on my left biceps, he helped me a lot. I was there in Los Angeles. And uh, I trust on, on him. And I came here to see the doctor to the last uh, view on my, my hand. This was a little bit swelling, so the x-ray was not so accurate. But now we will see the doctor again, but it's very probably then I broke my hand on the fight. I'd rather you, I'd, I'd rather you do neither, but I'd rather you break your hand then screw up the tendons and the ligaments in your hand. The no, break yeah. will heal. The break will heal much faster. Yes, I think it's just it's just the the, the bone. The, right. What's better? What's better? Because the tendon and ligaments need more time to more time. The bone. Yeah. yeah. Bone is is more fast. So uh, I, I did MRI as well. MRI was good and. As you say, MRI shows the tendon and ligament was very well, but the Good. bone, we're not sure. We need to do a, one more. Right. To, to make sure that just the bone broken, but this is like a six weeks yeah. out first. So I can, I'd like to come back to fight very soon, like uh, 50 days, 60 days to keep my, my boy very active, but if I fracture my hand, my bone hand, uh, maybe I could fight again on December or January. Yeah, that, that stands to reason. The ligaments will take much longer. A lot of times fighters get back into fighting before they're fully healed with ligament and tendon damage. Therefore, the, the uh, effect bothers you forever, right? Yeah. This way with the bone, heal it 100%. I always say this to fighters, 100%. Two months, you're healed. 
go back into training, you can fight by the end of the year. Because we yeah. all want to see you fight by the end of the year. So the question is, who are you going to fight by the end of the year, Paulo? What is the fight of choice for Paulo? And uh, Eric, what do you think the fight they're going to give him is? Well, uh, you know, I like I like uh, an option is Blond Brunson. That's one. Yeah. And then the other one would be, uh, we've been talking about him going to Paris and being present for the Vittori versus Whitaker. That co-main event of the UFC in Paris, that would be something uh, that him fighting the winner of that as well. That's the that's the fight I see. So I say get your buns in Paris, Paulo. <laughs> Sit on the <laughs> yeah. sideline, let them put your face on the screen, titillate the fans. Let me tell you something about Paris, guys. That arena is fifteen to seventeen thousand people, right? Sold out. There were. 204,000 requests for tickets, right? The most ever in the history of the USC, the most ever for any city around the world was this Paris show. It's going to be electric. So if you get to go to the Paris, take beautiful tomorrow and go have a nice time. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce. I think mixed martial arts was illegal for the longest time in France as well. So this it just, is a, It just got legalized. Yeah. So this, just, is, this I mean, is huge. This is huge. We've had all these fighters coming out of France. You know, when I say a fight, you know, Czech Congo, you know, obviously Ghana and and uh, Ghana, um, and there's more. You know, on the precipice, waiting to come in. So, I mean, this is just a big, big, big fight. Big fight. Yes. I'm sure we could have got an outdoor arena, but like Dana says, and I agree, you never want to go outdoor arenas if you don't have to, because you never know what the weather's going to be like. Right. I did a rumble on the rock in uh, Hawaii, and it rained the night of the fight. Right. So you never know. It rains you don't every day fighting. in Hawaii. Yeah, every day. It was just, you know, slippery surface, slippery slope. All right, well, that's good for me. I'm glad about – so suspension, they gave you what? Probably gave you a 30, 60-day suspension? Você sabe, Damai, quanto tempo? Foi de suspensão? 30 days. And also this weight cut that you just had too, Paulo, where past weight cuts have been like in the 20 pounds in the two or three days or whatever. You seem to have this – the best weight cut I've seen you have getting into one of your middleweight fights. You looked like you were only 10 pounds overweight, maybe three, four days before the fight. I could be wrong, but you know, it's still. Right. Made it. I was right. Yeah. yeah. Was that harder for you to maintain your diet? That Was this a no, hard weight cut or I, easier? I, yes, Bruce. I, I think I got a little mature on my life, you know, and I did uh, to, to, to make the best choice on food, you know, and and keep this this diet very healthy, not so hastative, not so tough to to do, but very healthy. You know, I, I think this is the best way to to keep my my weight so low and to keep on good condition. And uh, I, I I'm doing that, I, I'm doing that very very well. You know, uh, I, I don't feel more so too much a desire to to eat some bullshit. You know and chocolate and uh, bad fats and sugar. is that your weakness is your weakness sweets what is your weakness paulo my weakness yeah sweet yeah sweets okay <laughs> yeah gotcha <laughs> all right my weakness point yeah but i have secret juice juice uh bruce yeah I what is a secret juice i see the bottle i see the secret juice yeah what it can you tell us what the secret yeah, juice of is I can. of course the secret juice is uh a formula that I create, I put, I mix it, some ingredients inside there, and that really helped me to feel better, to give a more energy, to recover fast, because I, I mix it a lot of ingredients. I can't say uh, I put ginger, lemon, uh, some, some roots from Brazil, so it, it's making my my stomach and goods feeling better, you know, uh, because it's supernatural. Is of course is Uzada uh, approved, <laughs> and it doesn't have any red wine in it. We know that, right? <laughs> no, no red, okay. but it goes well with puncher's chance. There you go, baby. Puncher. Goes well with everything. Bring on the punchers. This is the time of punchers because it's time to celebrate. Yeah, uh, uh, but you know, uh, I, I just mix a uh, mi mix at some ingredients, uh, ingredients, 
ingredient ingredients ingredients yeah yeah all good all good paul paul you know what you're the one that's winning. You're the one that's fighting. You're the one that's training. You do what Paul needs to do to make it all happen. Keep being the stand-up, amazing human being you are. My friend, much love to you. Much love to Tamara. Eric, always good to see you, my friend. Always good. I expect a ride in your Rolls Royce very, very soon. And um, with that being all kidding aside, you know, I love your style, Eric. I love your style. Uh Paulo, it's just a pleasure to have you on the show, and I want to thank you for being a role model in this sport. Please keep that up, stay classy, and just be the best you can be all the time. You've got an amazing career ahead of you, Paulo, in more than just fighting. Play this game correctly. Your career is more than just fighting. It's up to you to figure out what I what I mean, but I think you understand what I mean. All right? Bruce, thank you very much. I appreciate you. are a real friend as mine. Uh, I remember that that you you, you told me, and I I never for, forget that you know keep on good way class, and I I am trying, you know, be a yeah. a, a very nice guy as you are, okay. and you you are a a, a, a re, how you say role model role model. Oh, yeah. thank you, Paulo. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, Appreciate and, that. You you ask me about the the foods and my my weakness on on diet. I I would say ice cream is very well as well. Uh, I like too much ice cream, and I was figuring to to do figure to do something with Patty Pimblet. Do you know him? With who now? With Patty, pa Patty the Batty. Oh, with Pat, you do something with Patty. What, like eat with Patty? <laughs> yeah, I'd like to, to celebrate, eat some ice cream for him just for, for the last time, you know, after because he won, I won. So I'd like to do some meme competition, some uh, uh, ice cream competition for him, I think it would be a nice. And if you uh, would like to be on this, just announcement me. I'll and announce it. Of course I will. Yes. Yeah. By phone or video conference like this will be amazing, Bruce. Three rounds in the ice cream eating championship <laughs> of the world. No, I I, I got it. Oh, Let's we need do to it. Get, we need to make that happen. Yeah. I think I think Patty the Batty would be a middleweight when that uh, when that contest uh, is over. Weight's gonna be gained. No, that sounds very cool. Keep me in this. Keep me in the circle for that one. I'm there, Paul. Of course, of course. But after this, Patty will come back to diet and start cutting weight. So as possible. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Let's get the video file recording the whole thing from beginning to end. So all good. I'm all Thank, you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. You got it, Paulo. Paulo, obrigado. You know, have a great day. Thank you so much, Eric, Tamara. Thank you so, so much. I will see you. Hopefully, I'll see you next week in Paris. Okay. Uh, come on. Oh, look at that. There she is. Uh, Hi, Tamara. Hello. Very comfortable. What hotel are you at? Uh, Where are you at? What hotel? Uh, which hotel is this? Mary? Town, town, town place. Town, town, town place. Town place. It's, it's not, it's not so. No, it looks nice. It looks nice. Yeah, yeah. Mick Manor's here. Mick Manor's, uh, Nelk Boys, all guys. Did you hear what happened to Mick Manor down in, uh, Salt Lake City? He was walking with his buddy right in front of the hotel and they, they, uh, jumped him and knocked out his buddy and attacked him. What? Yeah, really? Um, Oh, you didn't hear this, TJ? No, I, I mean Salt Lake City is like a crime-free city too. That's crazy. I there was some there was a couple of interesting experiences I had there. It really threw me back a little wow. bit. And, I, and beautiful city, no question. Great fans, the whole bit. But uh, Mick Maynard was walking into the hotel right in front of the hotel with one of his friends, a big guy, right, yeah. and um, a product one of our production team. Wow. And they walked up behind him, supposedly three guys and a girl. Slugged him, knocked him out, face down on the on the uh, asphalt, knocked out, continued to punch him. The girls kicking him in the back, yelling at him. They push Maynard against the glass. Security comes out. They all escape. They all get away. But right at the valet section in front of the That's hotel. That's crazy. DJ. That's crazy. They're lucky Paulo Costa wasn't out there to erase all of them. Yeah. yeah. That's right, Paulo. <laughs> you and I would have taken care of business. Save their of butts. Of course. Of course. Just call me, Bruce, please. I know you got that big S on your chest when you pull that out. I know it's there. <laughs> all right, Paula. Listen, have a great day. Tom, you take care. Eric, always a pleasure, all right? My pleasure. Our pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much. When, you, when you call us, we, I'll be able to hear. It's a such pleasure. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Paula. My Thanks, phone Paolo. is always open to you too, my friend.
Big cheers. No fears forever, guys. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Buff. Paulo Costa. One of the, Paulo, the, the sweetest, most scariest men in the world, I think. If you ever had a definition of a big teddy bear, there he is. Ferocious big, and cuddly all, at, all ferocious, at the same time. Cuddly, handsome, the Adonis of the UFC. Let's just face it. And just the a reality sweet, sweet guy. You know, he's just a genuine human being. Even the way he talks about his, his girlfriend, Tamara, and how she takes care of him, too. I mean, it's very hard to have a relationship where the woman is your manager. I mean, that, that can create a lot of issues. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. If it works. If it works for them, all the more power to them. But the fact he's been with her for 10 years, the fact, as the saying goes, that he could probably go out there and play the game with any girl he wants in the world, you know, with his looks and his night. But he stays loyal to his right. girlfriend. Yeah. And I find that to be beautiful. I think that's amazing. And he's told us on the show before, he is going to ask her to marry him when he wins the championship. And if, God forbid, he does not win the championship, I'm sure he's going to ask her to marry him. So, and, and that's I just the thing, think, too. You know, we live in a different society now where, you know, I feel like everyone thought you had to get married. Or, you know, when you got married, your relationship was taken to uh, another level. But if you've been with someone for a decade, like, you don't really need that piece of paper to prove no. that you're committed to one another. So, to me, I kind of like the idea that... You know, he's waiting for that right moment. He wants to win that championship and, and sort of celebrate it in that way. But it doesn't matter. They're obviously committed to one another, you know, inside and outside of uh, this business. And uh, it, it's like you said, while it's working, it's great. Yeah, exactly. And uh, listen, if, you're, if your relationship is solid, you you love each other. I mean, um, it, marriage certificate is just a sheepskin on the wall. Yeah, it's just a tax write-off. Yeah. Well, there's more to it than that, but absolutely, you're absolutely correct. I mean, sure. so my wife and I, we bought a house before we got married. And uh, I mean, like when people are like, oh, are you getting nervous to get married? I was like, no, man. Like if we broke up today, it would be just as messy as if we were getting a divorce because we owned a house together. So it was like, yeah. you, know, you know, that getting married had nothing to do with anything about, you know, taking our relationship to the next level. No, but again, you know, what's yours is yours. Right. And what's get mine married. is yours too? Uh, yeah, but, you know, that's from the point of being married on. Then I, at usual, at least in California, it's a 50-50 split. But, right. you know, what's yours is yours. You know? Yeah, I'm getting the better end so, of that 50-50 split, let me tell you. Well, speaking of somebody who's not getting the better end of it, I don't know if you heard about this. Hmm. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's wife has filed for divorce. Really? Uh, she filed for divorce. I don't know exactly the reasoning about it. Something about, where was it right here? I'll get to that in a second. Um, I got it right here, but something about he was selling possessions, uh, of theirs. And he actually had a tattoo. What is with my, he actually had a tattoo of his wife's face on his shoulder. Okay. Right. Right. He removed it, and he had a, uh, his his dog Butkus. He had it written over or uh, inked over, according to this article. My, wow. my computer's. I mean, that's, with that's his, kind uh, of dog. a statement, man. You know, like I've been yeah. accused of loving my dog more than my wife from time to time, but you do something like that, it's it's pretty hard to deny. I agree. I agree. I don't know what the reasoning is, but it There's is what it is. But anyway, that's just the straw that bro broke the back, you know. It was just saying something about how uh, he's moving around marital assets, whatever that means. Um, yeah, here, that's I gotta... sketchy, man. All right, here it is. Uh, how long have they been rep... married? Does it say? Oh, twenty-five years. Wow, twenty-five it's not, years. It's not like this, like you know, quick fling thing or anything. No, like no, 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 no. He's, he's been with Jennifer Flavin for twenty-five years. Wow. Two beautiful daughters. Um, there's really, again, not much to happen here. It's just, she believes Sly was hiding marital assets, according to the divorce docs, uh, where he was engaged in, in, they claim intentional dissipation, depletion, and or waste of marital assets, which would have an adverse economic effect on the marital estate. So I wonder if she thinks that he's hiding something more, like, why would he do this? Is, is, well, she's trying to enjoin him. She's, she wants to be compensated and may hold by receiving what they call unequal distribution of the marital assets in her favor. Right. Moreover, um, she's trying to enjoin him from being able to sell, transfer, assign, encumber, or dissipate any assets 
during this proceedings process. So I, the way I'm reading this, and again, I don't like to speculate on other people's situations, but I guess I am when I say this. Something's been going on here. They've been planning on getting divorced and probably, you know, depleting certain things. And he took it a little farther than right. she wanted. Now she's trying to stop it. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I definitely know that my wife has too many things. And sometimes I want <laughs> to grab those things and bring them to the goodwill. But yeah. I don't because it would ultimately end in me getting a divorce. Well, another one that's uh, out of the new, we'll see what happens there because we can only comment beyond a certain point. I just hate to see people together for so long. It would seem so like yeah. a wonderful marriage get divorced. That, and that's why, Bruce, it, it seems like it's more than just this. You know what I mean? Like this is just. Oh, of course. Yeah. 25 years? Of course. Of course. Yeah. My, my wife is addicted to Halloween and Christmas. And uh, oh. she keeps buying these Halloween and Christmas decorations. Like my entire garage, it's full of Halloween and Christmas decorations. She's a Halloween and Christmas hoarder. Yeah. No, it's bad. It's like really bad. Oh, by the way, your beard looks good. Oh yeah, you like that? It's it's like gray, it. man. I uh, uh you can't see the gray. It's coming through dark. I like it. It gives you a nice look. I like it. I appreciate it. Uh I mean it's it's sheer laziness, Bruce. It's not a look that I'm really going for. I just haven't shaved. But uh yeah, like by the time I was finally able to grow in a, a somewhat full beard, uh it's lost most of its color. Well, you know, sometimes laziness and by chance creates a uh, warranted situation. So I'm right. telling you, it looks good. Well, I appreciate you go. it. You got to bring that stash back. No. Come on. No, 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 no. For no, November. No. Come on. Nope, 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 and nope, and nope. But, I nope. mean, it's it, most people don't look good in mustaches, but uh, you, I got, don't mind. you, you got a killer stash. I was told O'Brien grew one. It looks great, but no, I'm, the stash has been retired forever. But thank you very much. I appreciate that. Hey, listen, my old uh, uh, neighbor and uh, very well-known actor, Oscar-winning actor, Gary Busey. Yep. Remember Gary Busey? Mm-hmm. 78 years old, DJ. Wow. And now he faces sex offense charges uh, due to an action he did at the Monster Mania Convention in New Jersey. Uh, as a result of the investigation, uh, the Cherry Hill Police Department charged him with two counts of fourth-degree criminal sexual assault, one count of criminal attempt, criminal sexual assault, and one count of harassment. So now uh, the Oscar-winning actor for the Buddy Holly story um, is now under this investigation. It came out yesterday that, and again, this is just the speculation, supposedly he grabbed a woman's buttocks and uh, unpinned the back of her bra. Wow. Which you don't do. No, it's horribly inappropriate. Uh, yeah, if that's what happens. So, and Gary, it's just amazing, you know, the tail end of your or the end of your career and everything. And I don't get it. But you know what? Again, alleged, it's there, it's in the news. That's all I'm saying. Right. Yeah. See how it checks the, out. See how it checks out. Um, do you remember this plane that began to descend? A rural uh, in uh, two pilots fell asleep with the automatic pilot on uh, in the airplane. Did you hear about that? So, I mean, this is not a, a new story. There, there no, I mean, are multiple happened. times yeah. that this has happened. I remember uh, there was a flight from San Diego to Minneapolis, and the pilots apparently, like, just got off their uh, radio for more than 20 minutes and flew way past the Minneapolis airport before coming back on the radio and, and turning around. And there was some belief that they had fallen asleep. Uh, they begged to differ and said that they just got caught up in a, a conversation with one another. But, I mean, if you've ever flown private or if you've ever flown where they let you listen to the air traffic controllers on, on one of the frequencies in the uh, the airplane uh, radio, like, they're yeah. constantly checking in. It's, it's not something where they ever go 10, 20 minutes without checking in with, uh, you know, a, a air traffic control and, you know, making modifications or reporting turbulence and things like that. So uh, it's got to be protocol. It's got to yeah, be protocol. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're flying and you're not on radar or not on your radio for more than 10 or 15 minutes, like something is, is clearly gone wrong. And I mean, I get it. it. Was this flight like an overnight flight? Was it one that uh, they, they thought that the, the pilots were impaired or, or tired in any way? It was Ethiopian Airlines. So it's probably a long flight. So I don't have the details on it. Probably a long flight. Not necessarily. I mean, there's probably regional flights there. Oh, let's see. Two pilots, I believe, in the sleep in the Atlantic. Sudan to Ethiopia. Yeah, I don't know what that is, geographically speaking. But uh, did the plane land and everything, or what happened? Yeah, it landed okay. It landed okay. 
So yeah, anyway, the autopilot, I mean, those like I remember talking to a, a pilot one time on a plane. Uh, he was sitting next to me uh, on a deadhead leg. And he said that uh, his job was to fly uh, planes from Los Angeles to Tokyo. And he right. said he flies the plane for the first thousand feet uh, up off the runway. And he gets control of the plane again at a thousand feet before they touch down on the runway. And he said, other than that, it's all autopilot. I believe it. But, you know, with the uh, situation pilots and, you know, that whatever's going on with the COVID related thing to the airline industry, the flights being canceled, the pilots maybe being overworked. Uh, this is being, according to the article, pilot exhaustion is an ongoing thing. So, yeah. Um, and I've heard too, that um, the FAA is starting to crack down on some of these airlines because uh, the airlines are selling tickets to flights that they really have no intention of keeping. Uh, yeah. They just get these people to you know pay for yep. the ticket, and then uh, they already have them in the system, so you just try to rebook them, but you still make the money uh, from getting them to buy a, a flight, which that's that's shady to me. Could you imagine uh, you know booking well, your travel because you need to be at a place at a certain time and come to find out that they had no intention of actually getting you there in that yeah. schedule? It's especially shady if the fact that you pay for the ticket and their their protocol for their airline is that they don't give you back the money, but you get to keep the credit for a future ticket. That's just creating cash flow for the airline industry. Right. So there's something definitely wrong with that when and if that's the case. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I've been on some crazy flights since COVID started. I've been on flights where it's like me and four other people on a huge Airbus. I've also been on flights that are completely oversold so it's it seems like it's either or at this point like there's not enough people on your plane or too many people on your plane i'm with you speaking of too many people on the plane this is something i haven't heard of for a while switching subject here but a rural florida postal worker 61 years old right their vehicle broke down uh, according to the putnam county sheriff's office so they heard the woman scream for help when they went out to see her she was attacked by five dogs tj wow and she died. Were they, were they wild dogs or? Um, nope. They were, the dogs were back at their owner's property. By the time the deputies arrived, the dogs were back at their owner's property. The postal carrier was on the ground, oh my bleeding God. severely. Uh, they brought in the rescue units, transferred to a hospital, then flown to a trauma center. Um, didn't make it. More than 5,400 postal workers are attacked by dogs in the United States in, in 2021 of the, of the ones that were reported. How Florida was the. 5,400. Wow, that's a lot. And Florida is one of the top 10 states for dog bites with 201 incidents reported last year. Whatever the reasoning is, yeah. maybe they don't want humidity or whatever. I'm just making a bad joke. But these were – what's going to happen to these dogs now is they're probably going to be euthanized. I, I mean, I hate to say it, but Potential. I don't know Potential. if you have a, another option. I mean, the the fact that they oh, were right that here. aggressive, I mean, what are you going to do? The owner relinquished custody of the dogs. They will be euthanized humanely, according to the sheriff's office. For sure, they're not going to let them live. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, they have uh, an aggressive streak. Yep. At least, you know. So. Now, speaking of aggressive, um, a few things here. I, You know, I talked about biblical uh, climate and stuff being like biblical and what's happening, you know, lately, right? And I'll give you another couple more examples. Would you believe that dinosaur tracks have emerged in – Texas, right, from 113 million years ago at the Dinosaur Valley State Park. And the reason why is because of the drought conditions. They've dried up the river and they're seeing all these things coming up. You know, I, just I like I guess they, I'd be curious, like, are they fossilized? Like, how, how does that work? Uh, it just can't says be loose tracks. dirt. It can't be loose track. It, it says tracks that have been uncovered and discovered at different parts of the river uh, that belong to a, a, uh, Acrocanthosaurus, can Canthosaurus, which is a dinosaur as an adult that stood about 15 tall and close to wow, seven tons. Yeah, 15 tall and seven tons. The other one they found was a a uh, Sauroposeidon. I've never heard of that dinosaur. 60 feet tall, Jesus. weighing 44 tons. Yeah, it's amazing so how they. Oh, they got pictures of it here. They're just like fossilized okay. in the ground. Yeah, literally embedded, uh, uh, in the riverbed. In the riverbed. It's amazing how they can decipher. Them. Oh, look, yeah, it definitely looks like a dinosaur. You know, it's got I, three big things. I don't want to speak for him, but I think Eddie Bravo thinks that dinosaurs aren't real. 
petty conspiracy theory. I, I think he, maybe it's not that, but he definitely said like, you know how you go to the museum and they have the dinosaur bones there and like the, the skeleton. He's like, that's not real. They're All not right. the real bones, which he might be right. Cause I mean, if you have bones that are worth millions of dollars, are you necessarily going to put them on display when you can well, just make plastic no. casts? A lot of times what they do, though, is they'll have those bones, but they'll man-make other bones to right. connect it to create yeah. the entire figure. Yeah, yeah. So in that respect, he's partially right, but right. he's not fully right. No. I'm sorry. I mean, also, too, like, just think about, like, what we've learned about dinosaurs in the last 20 or 30 years. Like, I mean, since I was in elementary school to now, uh, somehow dinosaurs got feathers. They believe that dinosaurs were bird-like in many ways. They're going to find out more and more and more as time goes on. Another thing they're going to find out, too, is that uh, I may say the name Danube, Danube River, Danube. 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 Excuse me. At least it's not a fighter I'm announcing. Mm. The Danube River, you know, Europe's in the worst drought in years, okay? Yeah. But it's it's pushed by the, the large river, the Danube, which is at one of its lowest levels in almost a century, which is a result is exposing hulks of dozens, not just one, dozens of explosive-laden German warships that were sunk wow. during World War II near Serbia's river town port of Prahovo, right? Yeah. So not just one or two, and they're showing pictures here, and the ships are filled with explosives that yeah. can still go off. You know, that's one thing that we've learned, you know, over the years. First off is there's, you know, unexploded uh, uh, you munitions. know, weaponry, munitions, right? Uh, everywhere it seems like in Europe from from World War II, but uh, you know we've seen the stateside uh, as well in Lake Mead. Like when the water goes away, you see some stories that haven't been told or thought of in many years, and uh, well, it's, it's yeah, it's it's crazy. In that case, you're talking about like casino days, and you know, hello. I'm, I'm not <laughs> saying anything necessarily. I'm not saying but, anything either, but right. I said it. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. The, I mean, I'm going to think twice if anybody ever asks me if I want to go take a trip out to Lake Mead when I'm visiting Las Vegas. I'll be like, is yeah, this, sure. uh, is this a, a fun experience or are you trying to tell me something? Well, consider that too if you ever think about going to China again. China now again now has just released a new potentially fatal Lanja, not, not covid L-A-N-G-Y-A, Lanja virus detected, which is cause for alarm overseas. They discovered this potentially fatal virus within its borders. Uh, the, again, we're, it's, it's always this. Uh, predicting it could trigger another pandemic. It's already affected 35 people, which reminds me of three years ago when you heard about the 30 or so people affected right. with COVID. Um, it's in the same family as the Hendra virus and the Nipah virus. I have no idea which one of those friggin' viruses well, is. Let me say this, Bruce, and this is why I was sort of dismissive of COVID when it first came up on, on this show. By the way, you're the first person that ever said the word COVID to me. Yeah. Um, I, I tended to just sort of think it wasn't a big deal because we hear a lot about these uh, flu viruses and, and things like that that could all like I mean you remember bird flu SARS uh, all that stuff. H1N1 all that stuff. swine yeah. flu like we've we've heard this story dozens of times in our life and they never really get to obviously the levels that that COVID did but again I, I don't I will never say don't worry about it Bruce because my foot was shoved so far down my throat uh, that I can never really be, you know, taken seriously again on that subject. But I hear about these stories and I'm like, okay, let's, let's, you know, pay attention to it, but let's not say the sky is falling quite yet. Right. Okay. I'm with you on that. I'll take that. So we'll keep it, we'll keep it on that one note right there. Bottom line is uh, though, Bruce, I'm wearing a mask uh, every time I get on a flight. Um, I'm masking up because it's, it's crazy. Again, the numbers are ticking up and it just won't go away. I'm masking up. I'm going to fly to uh, Paris next week, and and trust me, I'm, I'm definitely uh, masking up. That's one thing so I much. actually enjoy about the the pandemic is the idea that you know, because again, you're supposed to wear a mask to not get other people sick. It's not that you're not going to get sick by wearing a mask. It's that you're hoping that your germs don't get passed on to anybody else. And this has been right. a, a a custom in Asian countries for decades. And uh, that, that's one thing I think we do need to do as a society, embrace it, is if you have a runny nose or you're not feeling well, you should mask up for just, uh, you know, courtesy of others. 
Well, just on one note here, this thing is a 40 to 75% fatality rate. Oh my God. 40 to 75%. That's the Hanna Paris uh, virus. Um, so now we have COVID monkeypox and Lanja. As See, the saying goes, oh my, where are we going next? I don't so. know, Buffer. That's the thing, too, that's sort of alarming about this is, you know, COVID was obviously bad. Millions of people died, but it was a relatively low fatality rate. I'm worried about the next time we have a pandemic and an outbreak, if it's going to be as forgiving. Movies come true. You know how I feel. Yeah, We will see. That's true. That's all I want to say. Uh, Michael Jordan's game-worn jersey from his last NBA Finals is hitting the auction block. Okay, TJ, as usual, how much do you think? Mm. Did the game, did the flu game just sell? Yeah, the flu game sold. What was that one? I think it was like, uh, I'm guessing, we, I talked about the last show, I think it was around... 1.5 million or something. I'm going to say this will be less than that. This will be three quarters of a million. Uh, yeah, three is right, but they're expecting three million or more. Really? How yeah. is that more than the flu game? I don't know. I don't know. That, just, I, I uh, think that's crazy. I think that's wishful thinking. Maybe so, but, you know, it's just that collectibles like this are just going for so much money. Now, we'll see. Bottom line, it's just money, money, money. Now, did you hear that Brady, um, for personal reasons, was not practicing with the team, with the uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I did. Well, now the rumors come out that Brady is in the mass singer. So really, is yeah. that still taping? They're insinuating that he's a contestant. Oh yeah. No, I mean, mass singer is popular. No, is it so, still taping? I mean, is it in season right now? Uh, yeah. From That's what I understand, interesting. The, new, the new season they'll tape now, but they'll show it later. Right. Right. So it's going to be done so before the football have, season. Well, basically the show won't air till September 21st. The taping wrapped on August 20th. But if you remember up until the 20th, he was not going to camp. He had said for personal right. reasons. So this could very well figure to be that he was filming his, you know, his uh, piece on um, the mass singer. Sing? You think he's a good singer? You know what? I have no idea. We'll find out and see. I mean, everybody's capable of singing, but at the same time, he probably locked down this deal when he retired before he agreed to go back. So that, you know, the group yeah. is saying, okay, fine, you're Tom Brady. Go sing and then come back to the I'm, field. I'm just wondering if that's the case, if the team was actually okay with it because, I mean. He's if, Tom Brady. I understand that. And if yeah. anybody can go without, you know, doing some practice and preseason games, it's going to be Tom Brady. But still, if I was uh, a young kid on that team and I had other opportunities that I'm not, you know, taking advantage of because my loyalty is to my team – I'm going to be pissed off seeing the captain out there doing whatever he wants. No argument. He's Tom Brady. He is. He is. <laughs> but he's he'll probably, he'll probably go on to sell platinum records at this point. And he's as likable as Paulo Costa in football. I, I mean, has Tom ever caused an issue? So I mean, all it depends good. on who you talk to. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Belichick will we'll deal with his opinion. All right. What Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady gets. We'll see if he's on the mass Singer. We'll see if he wins. Now, Top Gun 2 has officially become the highest, seventh highest grossing film ever domestically over Titanic. I saw it. Um, and what do you think? Amazing. 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 Uh, and, and I was actually nervous, Bruce, because I had heard nothing but great things about it. So I was like, okay, are my expectations too high? No. Uh, no. It, was, it was a fantastic movie. Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Well, TJ, that's it for me. Uh, oh, what am I saying? Hold on. Jeez. Let's give Kamaru uh, credit uh, for getting in there and fighting, but let's give Leon amazing credit for doing something that basically most people think he's going to be able to do. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, it was a tale of like two fights in a lot of ways because Edwards came out and had a very dominant first round, really set the tone, and then proceeded to drop every round after that. And then I, I think uh, I think the end came at like 4.04, something like that, Bruce. Uh, yeah, like 55, 56 seconds left. Yeah, so like we're talking about, you know, just 56 seconds away from another, you know, Kamara Usman title defense. And we're going to be talking about how he might be the greatest of all time. And uh, that was just turned upside down in insane fashion. And uh, I hate this, Bruce. I hate when people say this, but every single time we see something sort of unexpected like this, the word lucky gets thrown around. There was nothing lucky about that head kick. It was set up with beautiful technique. It was a fake to the right, come over the top with the left. And uh, it, was it unexpected? Yes. Was it likely? 
No. Was it lucky? Absolutely not. No question. And, you know, it's uh, even when I was kickboxing, you know, it's one of my favorite moves is keep throwing the jab, throwing the jab, set them off. If they're moving to the left, uh, as you bring that jab back, you bring the right leg up in a roundhouse from underneath. They don't see it and pop. Right. You know, very, very classic, very basic. And from what I understand, uh, Leon's camp, they trained for that. They saw that kink in Kamaru's armor. They trained for it, yep. and he kept his head about him, losing a fight for four or five rounds, and boom. You know, amazing. Yeah. Deserves it. No, 100%. Awesome. Um, they got to do the rubber match right away, right? Oh, yeah. But no, I for, I truly agree with that. Definitely yeah. do the rubber match. God knows what's going through Kamaru's head these days because he had the world by the tail. And not that he still doesn't have the world by the tail, but now there's a kink. Yeah. Now he's got to overcome it, and it just interrupted such a flow. Yeah, you such know, I'm, I'm curious – I'm curious, and you having some combat sports experience yourself, maybe you can answer this. Would it be better for Usman to not remember that sequence? Because, I mean, he was clearly knocked unconscious. Would it be better for him to not even go back and look at it? Or should he spend no. time sort of absorbing what he did? And Because, like you said, he was in such a groove. Like I kind yeah. of feel like mentally he just needs to go back out there and continue doing what he was doing because he just got caught. Well, he does, but he's also got to be aware of why he got caught, the reason he got caught, as painful as it is to look at it, because there's nothing more painful than looking at yourself on video, whether you're announcing or fighting or whatever. He's got to face the music and realize that uh, keep your hands up, man. Don't ever, don't ever slouch. 54, 56 seconds left. I'm not putting him down at all. He's great. Yeah, I don't think but, he did anything wrong other than, like, if you said, yeah. if, if he had some tendency that Leon, you know, picked up on, obviously that was – uh, something that he did poor, but the the, yeah. bo the bottom line is he was pretty much flawless for the better part of three three plus rounds. So absolutely, absolutely all the way around. So you know what? We're going to see a rematch whenever that'll happen. That'll it's happen. It's going to be a big rematch too. Like it's going to be a big, big rematch. And this was a big fight. I want to give credit to all the Salt Lake City fans, all the energy they brought in. TJ, they held the it's time with me, which I held longer than I usually do. Yeah. In 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 real time, it was I I you had actually to bring the extra cardio tank there, Buff. I you know I was I was feeling really strong. Usually I like in Mexico I feel it in Mexico City I yeah. felt it when I was announcing and I'm not fighting I'm just announcing. Yeah. Um I I felt great I put the whole evening I was so pumped. There was good you know? energy. Uh, great jacket by the way. Thank you appreciate Love it. Thank look. you King and Bay yep. at my King and Bay. Yeah, but uh, no getting back to Edwards and Usman three. A lot of people forgot that this was a rematch already, uh, but that that rubber match is going to be huge. And I think a star was born in Leon Edwards. Not that he wasn't a star before, but, you know, he's in the history books forever now as a, a UFC champion. Uh, there haven't been too many English UFC champions. And uh, the fact that he pulled it off in such dramatic fashion, I uh, can't take anything away from him. I, I can't wait for the rematch. Which will be in England. It's got to be, right? It's got to be in England. Even yeah. Comrade said he'll fight in London or England or whatever. Yeah. Leon wants to fight there. Dana's, you know, they're saying Wembley. We could probably fill it up. But again, we know the outdoor situation. Energy there, Buffer. My goodness. It's oh. going to be uh, – they might be an outdoor show whether they like it or not because they'll blow the roof off the place. There's no question, and I'm going to try and make that roof blow off even more, so I can't wait for that fight. So lots of good things to look forward to, but especially Paris next week. Um, congratulations, Leon Comru. You're an amazing champion. You'll be back. There's no question. To whatever level you'll be back, you will be back. It's all about your headspace and how you handle it, but I think that uh, knowing you the way I do, I think I think excuse me, Comru is going to handle this very, very well. Yeah, very well. I agree. Um, next week, uh, Tui Tuivasa, Cyril Gane. Tai Tuivasa. You keep saying Tui Tui Tuivasa. Uh, you know, I just, I, Tui, I always I hear call you. Him. I hear you, Tai. Yeah. So Tai Tuivasa, bam, bam. Uh, Vittori and Whitaker, we already discussed that. You know, definitely going to be worth uh, watching. There's just so many good fights here. Uh, definitely a European card by all standards. There's a lot to happen. And I don't know if we're going to have a show next week because I leave for Paris on Tuesday. Uh, chances are we may not. But if we do, we'll talk about it more so next week. Outside of that, TJ, um, I'm pretty much done. And is there anything you want to share with us before we go? No, uh, obviously this show uh, is sort of in uh, conjunction with my show, uh, Extra Rounds, over on UFC Fight Pass. If people enjoyed your uh, 
happy face here uh, on Extra Rounds doing its time. Uh, hopefully they can all reach out and tell Fight Pass that they want more of it. Uh, we'll get some money in Buffer's pocket, and uh, maybe we can bring more uh, shows like this with more production value and things like that. More money in my pocket. I, I, I kind of didn't hear anything else you said except for that, so whatever that means, I, I, I'm See, paying attention. I know the magic words, Buffer. Very good. Very good. What can I say? Money talks, Buffer walks. Okay, all good. Um, so, God, third person. Did I just refer to myself in the third it's person? Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> all right, TJ, have a great week, great weekend. I uh, just getting ready for Paris. Got a lot to take care of before then. Everybody out there, thank you for tuning in as always. We love you and it's time radio, no matter where you're at in the world. Great to have Paolo on. Perfect example of what I love in a fighter, just being a good, good person and giving it their all when they step in that octagon. Just as I want everybody out there to give it your all when you step on that yellow brick road, make sure you know everything you know, want to know about your goals, have them written down, set them down so you're ready to go fulfill them. And when you step on that pathway, be the best you can be, whether you're number one champion, number 10, whatever, just be the best you can be because that means you're winning. And that's what it's all about. Be positive about yourself, be proud of yourself, Love yourself. That way you can be proud and love everything around you and live a fulfilled life. As the saying goes, I appreciate you. Thank you. Talk to you next week or the week after. Meanwhile, I'll see you from Paris. Madame et messieurs, soon it's time. Buffer out. <laughs>